welcome to the Empathy Mining Podcast. It's been a while since I've casted pods, so uh, we're going to have our regular guest with us today again, Andy Ferris. He's been on here two or three times already, and we've had some uh, really good conversations about some big topics. None bigger than the one we're going to try to tackle today, though. You got that right. Uh, yep. Today we are going to address probably the number one issue uh, in this country when it comes to elections for some reason. Well, we know the reasons, but we don't understand them. <laughs> so, and that is the A word, abortion. So, um, we're going to try to come at you from different perspectives. Uh, I am... Uh, left-leaning, for sure. Andy's further left than I am. Uh, but I have a lot of friends and, and contacts in the mil- in the more of a religious surrounding than Andy is, so I have a lot more people surrounding me on a daily basis, I, I suspect, than Andy does, who are really staunch uh, anti-abortion people. So uh, I hear it from both sides. I see it from both sides a little bit, um, and uh, so I'll bring that perspective, and, and Andy will have his perspective, and we'll put some uh, actual data and facts in there for you, which uh, sometimes seems to be left out uh, of this emotion-charged argument. So, Andy, I hear you're pro-abortion. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> right. I love abortion. No, yeah, that's and that's definitely the way that the issue gets framed by the right a lot of times is that someone who is pro-choice is actually pro-abortion, which is not the case. Nobody is wants an abortion. Nobody is planning for an abortion. But the idea is that you have the choice whether you have that baby or not. It's a, it's about choice. It's not about um, forcing other people to get abortion. Nobody's ever forcing anybody else to get an abortion. This is a choice thing, not a not a mandatory um, birth thing. I, I would I would argue your point right there just a little bit. You said nobody's ever forcing anybody to get an abortion. I would say that if that happens, it's men forcing women to get an abortion. I, I think that right. does happen. <laughs> I wouldn't be That's surprised, in, in fact, if our current president, president has had his hands in a few of those situations. I can't right. prove I mean, it. We even know of an instance where, you know, his fixer, Michael Cohen, you know, worked with one of his, uh, the people that Trump has worked with to, you know, get his girlfriend an abortion. Sure, he's been a part of that. There you go. So, uh, at some point along historical lines, and I haven't researched it enough to to know when that point was exactly, but uh, the Christian right took and seized control of the narrative on abortion and uh, beat it through the pulpit into millions of Christians who are now so far um, gone as far as being able to see it from more than one perspective that it seems hopeless. Um, How did that happen? How do you think that Hmm. happened? You know, I, I think it probably came from, you know, a place of respecting God's work, you know, respecting life, um, respecting the life that we've been given and the opportunity to, to have a life, 
it probably came from a place like that originally. And I think it's probably there still in that place for a lot of people. But I think in the political arena, what happened was the, the politicians realized that this was a hot button issue. And if they really push it, that they can control a huge segment of the voting public. And I think so. I think the change, that change and that shift, was probably a political shift more than a shift that actually happened in the church. And I totally think you hit it on the head there. Uh, and all the people that I know that I'm friends with who are staunchly consider themselves pro-life, I I hesitate to use that term because that's more anti-abortion when you look at it that way. But um, they call anti-choice. Yeah, pro-life. Uh, People, the ones I know, do come have their hearts in the right place. They are legitimately um, disgusted by the idea of a pregnancy being terminated. They see that pregnancy as a baby, a life right. from the from get-go, the, uh, despite right. what science tells us. You know, despite the fact that uh, until probably around week 24 in a pregnancy, that uh, fetus is incapable of surviving outside the womb. There, there's nothing it, it's not yet a viable life form so uh, there's that but you you touched on the somewhere along the line the politicians discovered that this was a juicy hot button issue and when they did that you have to give them credit they did a marvelous job of securing a huge uh, block of votes every time in, in a major uh, presidential election because that's really where this issue comes down to. Uh, it, it, it does not really come up that much on more local levels. But for the presidential elections, this is I, – I don't think you can argue that it's not the, the most important issue that um, Republicans rely on from their Christian support base. Exactly, and I – when they got I think that going and they started figuring that out, they just piled it on and piled it on. And then it turned into something more sinister where now they pile it on with false information. Right. Well, we, I mean, we see the president, you know, just from his pulpit railing against how uh, women are taking babies, pulling, they're ripping them out of the wombs and murdering them. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's actually saying those words, which is something that never happened. It's not true. That would be illegal, and yet he says it over and over, and so do you know his people. They all they say this lie over and over. And if I'm someone who doesn't know the difference, that's a horrific thing he's describing. Absolutely. I mean, you, your mind's already worse. made up, and you hear something like that, and it just casts it more in in stone. And uh, these, frankly, are not the kind of people at this point who are going to go searching out other uh, other sources of information They're, they they right. are going to get their information from uh, the stereotypical uh, conservative websites and uh, and uh, television networks and they're going to uh, believe whatever's coming out of the president's mouth because their news sources don't challenge it right and, and it's going to fit into the bigger narrative that they've been fed which is you know liberals are evil godless you know, satanic. All those words are used to describe liberals all the time. If you listen to talk radio, the conservative talk radio, they use that type of language all the time. Baby and killers. even on Fox, yes, baby killers. You know, the 
killer, the baby killer that, you know, Bill O'Reilly talked about who ended up getting shot and killed. You know, they, they use that language. Bill O'Reilly was shot and killed? Excuse me? Bill O'Reilly was shot and killed? <laughs> I didn't know that. Has, <laughs> no breaking news today. Okay. But when you lay that groundwork that the people doing this are evil, then you're like, well, it only makes sense that they would murder a baby. Exactly. You know, so, of course, that's what's going on. I'm going to believe what I was just told and go from there. So, you mentioned the the lie that Trump spewed from his pulpit not too long ago, a couple, two or three months ago, about uh, he was quoting, misquoting, misrepresenting some uh, quote from, I forget the guy's name, from, from Virginia. Um, but saying that the, the plan is that these these uh, doctors are going to take these babies at full term and sit down and discuss whether the mother wants to keep it and then, uh, right. then just execute it, is the word Donald Trump used, which is yeah. absolutely probably the most outlandish lie he's ever told among the, what is it now, 10,000 plus you know, documented lies since he's been in office. Yeah, that's nothing, but I agree. Yeah. So here are the facts as I... I wrote an article about that um, that statement he made uh, a couple months ago, and, and I dug this, this information up. These are actual statistical facts. 88% of abortions that are done in the United States are done within the first 12 weeks of the pregnancy. 88%, almost 9 of 10, are done within the first 12 weeks. That is only halfway to the point where a fetus could be viable. 98.5% of abortions done in the United States are done before 21 weeks. That's about three weeks before that, that tipping point where a, a fetus might become viable. Uh, right, so they're all legal as we understand illegal abortion at this point. Right. Only 1.5% of abortions happen after 21 weeks, and in those cases, severe stipulations must be met for that to happen legally, including the risk of death to the mother or severe health risk to the fetus. Right, that's not just a conversation where the, the mother says, you know what, Doc, I know we're at eight months, but this is really getting old. Let's just end it. Yeah. That never No. That cannot happen. That would be illegal. Uh, state laws vary, but almost every state has strict limits as to the stage of gestation when abortion can occur. Most of them Almost all of them are either before 20 weeks, 21 weeks, or 24 weeks, or uh, simply state viability. In other words, if, if the fetus is judged as viable, uh, then you can't have a, a, an abortion after that point. So right. that's it. That's the facts. Um, and to say anything otherwise is just deliberately misleading people you're taking advantage of and it's playing with emotions. That's right. That's what it is. And, and they know that that, like we've talked about, is such an emotional hot button that it's such an easy button for them to push. You know, if you're describing a baby being ripped from its womb and murdered, I mean, if you're ripe and ready to hear that, you're, that's, that's a, it's very powerful. Yeah. But it's not truthful and it's not factual. So I think that's with, with the abortion issue, like, there's some people who are never going to change their mind. It's never going to be a thing that they can ever move off of. 
But, you know, what we can do and what we're trying to do is just share information, share facts, and maybe some people will listen to that. Maybe it's something they never heard before. Yeah. And it might open their mind to at least, you know, you know, thinking about it for a moment instead of setting their mind to it. An example, um, several of my uh, social media friends who I've come to know through various church affiliations and things like that over the years, uh, they're all gung-ho against Planned Parenthood. And uh, they they see one use for Planned Parenthood, and that's providing abortions. Uh, what, right. what they don't, and I've tried to point this out, but they don't seem to want to hear it, is Planned Parenthood prevents far more abortions than they, than they conduct. It's right. It's a fact. And it's the only thing standing between millions of women and unwanted pregnancies. Women who live in, in poverty, um, they, uh, they depend on plan- Planned Parenthood for not just contraception, for, for basic women's health um, coverage. Right. So, and, yet, and yet that's one of those narratives that's been put out there that Planned Parenthood, they're an abortion organization. That's all they do. That's all they ever hear stories about on the right is, is the abortion aspect of it. And, and when, they're, when they're given those stories and their narratives, part of that is this understanding or insinuation that those abortions are being paid for by public dollars, which is another one of the lies they tell. Right. And I wish I had, had looked this up. I forgot to do it, but I do remember seeing this and using it, this information for something way back when. But uh, I saw that if you look up Planned Parenthood's budget, uh, you can see that only a tiny fraction of their budget has anything to do with abortion. Right. So, and, and it's not public tax money that funds that. No. It cannot be. Yeah. So... How, how did the Republicans do such a marvelous job of switching facts into propaganda? I mean, it's, it's remarkable what they did. Yeah, they're masterful at it, yeah. no doubt. Um, something I wanted you to share that you would share with me in a, a discussion at some point here recently uh, was the story about I think was it a senator somewhere uh, was was talking about the abortion thing? Uh, was it Alabama? Yeah, yeah, Alabama. Uh, who kind of who kind of put his foot in his mouth in his explanation and, and sort of reveals a much more sinister um, motivation, and, uh, which really kind of inadvertently revealed that it's not so much. Um, sometimes concern about an unborn fetus as it is the power to control women. So can right. you, can you re- relay that story? Because I forgot the details of it. So. Right, so recently Alabama passed you know a very restrictive abortion bill um, to limit, I believe it's either at five or six weeks uh, that you can get an abortion, which at that point most women don't even know they're pregnant. Right. Um, you can't hear a heartbeat at that point. Um, you have to do a transvaginal probe in order to, to, to hear any activity that early. You said um, probe. 
And so during the course of passing this bill in Alabama, um, one of the senators was asked a question that often comes up when we're looking at does life begin at the point of conception? And if that's the case, then what about fertilized eggs in a vitro fertilization clinic? How do they play in? Because you have fertilized eggs sitting in these clinics. They are ready to go. If life begins at the moment of conception, conception has happened at that point, physically speaking. It's, it's egg and the sperm have come together. It's now ready to be implanted and grown. There is a potential life just as any potential life at that stage. Exactly. So this uh, this state senator, Republican state senator Clyde Chambliss, was asked this question, and his response was, the, leg, the egg in the lab doesn't apply. It's not in a woman. She's not pregnant. Zing. So in, one, in, in, three, in three sentences, he was describing the egg to describing, well, the real problem is that we don't have a pregnant woman. And without the pregnant woman, then we don't care. There, well, why would that be? <laughs> there you go. As, as we talked just before we, we started this recording, we were just imagining that uh, there were a lot of GOP people hearing that and absolutely their jaws probably hit the dr- ground. What did he just did he just say what I thought he just said? Did he just let the cat out of the bag? Oh my god. Yeah, that's a back room discussion, not out here in public. <laughs> exactly. It couldn't be more pants around the ankles moment than that right there. I mean, that's crazy. It's, if you really believe it's at the point of conception, then all those fertilized eggs in those clinics should be considered life. And you should be fighting for those to be implanted in some woman somewhere so that they can come to, to full term. But they do not. They are somehow able to make that that line in the sand in their mind that these fertilized eggs are not life. I don't care. They can be tossed. But don't use them for research. Don't do any of that. Just toss them. You know, don't get any good out of you know fetal cells or anything. But at the same time, they look at a woman who's pregnant two, three weeks pregnant, and they see that as a full-form life that should have all the rights that we have as human beings. It doesn't make sense. You can't You can't have both things. Yeah. So we've said all this dancing around the elephant in the room, and that is this, and it's something I've, I've probably spent more time trying to find a way to explain this or... or present things uh, that could be helpful and I, I run into a brick wall at every turn and that is how does the Democratic Party hmm. come up with a way to combat what the GOP has so masterfully controlled for years? Well, we haven't seen the answer, that's for sure. No. We haven't we haven't seen the Democratic Party putting a you know, a good argument out there that's gonna make a difference, at least in that crowd. Um, you know, Trump is on T V saying this thing about ripping, you know, babies out of women's wombs and all this stuff. But nobody's pushing back on that. I mean, I never I never see and maybe that's the media's filter, but I never see Democrats on T V saying he is absolutely lying about that. That is an absolute lie, and this is what it is. I don't see it being explained. 
Yeah, I feel like so, uh, the Dem- Dems are just absolutely um, stymied by this issue, and they have no idea, so they just kind of try to avoid it at all costs. Right, which means they bought into the narrative that they're baby killers. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and, and if they talk about it, it's only going to expose how much more of a baby killer they are. So it's almost, you know, they're, they're taking that, that angle. Like, I better stay away because if I talk about it, you know, I know the, the people on the right, are, they're going to call me a baby killer, and I want to avoid that, when in fact they need to be just telling the truth. Yeah. But we don't see enough of that on the Democratic side where they're actually just telling the truth, doing the right thing, regardless of the politics of it or who they may offend. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. I don't know. I've I've had so many different thoughts on this, and I tried to present them from time to time through the uh, uh, outlets that I have at my access, and uh, just the choir agrees with me, and nobody else does. It's the it's the same old thing. Um, right. I had a private long emotional private chat with uh, a former pastor of mine um, and we discussed this and I I brought up the fact that uh, I said do you believe that an unborn baby fetus or a, a young child who dies goes to heaven and he said yes and I said doesn't that help you kind of take a little bit of solace when you think about uh, an abortion has happened and uh, that didn't work I thought that might have been a salient point to this thing but because I believe most Christians do um, subscribe to that belief that you know until you reach the age of accountability if, if a child a young child dies then you know they're not condemned or whatever um, various churches believe on that but uh, that just seemed not not to go anywhere so I don't know what I've tried everything else that I know but uh, it, it basically comes down to the whole thing about freedoms uh, living in a country where everyone has freedoms whether or not they agree with you religiously and morally and uh, if you're a Christian and you want to be an American citizen um, I call myself a constitutional Christian and that is, uh, I basically step aside from the emotional hot-button issues that are morally based and allow the Constitution to do its job, and uh, I don't vote on those issues. I, I've reached the point in my political stance now where those issues wouldn't be a, an issue for me anyway. I've come a long way toward seeing that other side of things. Um, but uh, even when I was uh, more conservative, I wouldn't have voted based on a single issue like abortion. Right. You know, it's not my business. It's between, if you're a Christian, just say it's, it's between the woman and her doctor and God and let it go. That's the way I look at it. I wish more people could see it that way um, that are Christians, but so many can't. They, they want to force uh, that on these women who, in many cases, have, have no business having a baby. Some of them go so far, even the most extreme of cases, of course, of even saying, I don't care if the woman was raped or incest or what. That was God's plan, and that baby needs to be born. So That's right. 
So the, the recent abortion law that was passed in Ohio, there's no exemptions for, for rape or incest. And, you know, there's a case right now where a guy raped an 11 year old girl and got her pregnant under the, under the new law, when it becomes, when it comes into effect, she would not be able to get an abortion. She would have to take that baby to term. And I believe this particular girl was able to have her abortion, but that's going to be taken away. So here she is at 11. She's going to be forced to have a baby. The rapist, he's probably going to have visitation, right? We've seen that in the news as well, where the, where the father, <laughs> the rapist in the situation, actually gets some type of a visitation right to that child. It's, it's, the, it's the very patriarchal system that we have set up. You know, the, the Bible is a patriarchal book. And a lot of their religion is, is patriarchal and the way they look at things that men control basically everything, yeah. whether it's their livestock or the economy or their wife. It doesn't matter. They control it all. And so this person with the baby, this is going to be my decision. If we let her, if we let her make that decision, what decision are we going to let her make next? You know? Work outside the home? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Exactly. Wear pants. Vote. <laughs> Vote. Wait a minute. So, uh, it, it, and it really does kind of come to that because when you look at the people making the laws, they're older white guys that are deciding how women are going to be able, what women can do with their bodies, especially when it comes to their reproductive health. And that's, you know, it doesn't make any sense unless you buy into the patriarchal notion that men control the world. Right. We already know. Beyonce told us that. Women rule the world. They do around my house. Yeah, there you go. My uh, other thought that I had that I almost forgot to bring up is uh, this is also, it's not just, um, I think, a controlling factor involving women, men controlling women, but it's also very much, if, if not even more so, uh, a rich versus poor argument. Because right. let's say Roe versus Wade is overturned. And there are no more legal abortions in this country. Who's going to have abortions? The same people that abortion. The rich people that are going to go fly to another country, and nobody right. ever hears about it, and, and they come back and suddenly they're not pregnant anymore. Or right. and, and what what kind of abortions are the poor people going to have? Ones that end up killing the mother because somebody tries to fish it out with a coat hanger or something like that. So it's it's right. also very We're much a, a poor attack on the poor just as much as it is women. And that's become an issue recently when, with the Democrats talking about the Hyde Amendment and getting rid of that, which the Hyde Amendment is the thing that, that prevents government money being used to fund abortion. And so the Democrats are saying that shouldn't be the case. Abortion is a legal medical pro procedure. There's no reason why it shouldn't be able to get the same uh, funding from the government as anything else that they may get that might come under Medicare or Medicaid, right? Sure. So. That's you know that's going to be an issue for them to resolve, but okay. Have we gotten anywhere? I don't know if we've gotten anywhere or not. <laughs> we've gotten some facts out there. Yeah, there's some of that. I mean, that's, that's really all we can do is offer up what is real and, and what is not and hope some of it breaks through. It's really just kind of, it's kind of a waiting game.
kind of cruel to say, but uh, you're hoping that each new generation uh, gets a little better educated in these areas. Um, and as the, uh, the older ones drift away, maybe that's the only way to stem the tide. I don't know. It's been yeah, I, mean, I, I think we've seen a lot of that just, you know, in the recent past couple of decades where you're seeing the shift in a lot of thinking, whether it's gay rights or abortion or whatever. I mean, abortion has always been something that polls very well. I mean, most people believe in it as, as it is. That's, most people don't have a problem with our abortion laws in the country. There's just a very small vocal minority that makes it an issue, and it becomes an issue every four years. And this, this is then also ties directly into the electoral college because where do most of those people live in those states that add up and get people who win by three million votes knocked out of office because of the games of the electoral college process right yeah but you know if you're going to force someone to have a baby and you're not going to allow them that option to you know have control over the reproductive rights then you need to be also uh, be, you should also be working to help provide for that baby once it's born. Yeah. You know, if you're going to argue for that, then then you need to also have the, the next part of the equation. You know, being a parent is a lifetime job. It's not nine months. So when that nine months is over, you got the rest of the life of that that child to to consider. And it's and it's it's just interesting to see that the people who are most adamant about not allowing anyone to have an abortion are also the most adamant about taking away, you know, welfare, taking away any type of social net that may be out there to help people who are struggling. It, there's the disconnect there almost seems, <clears throat> I don't know, it almost seems mean <laughs> to do this, to say, I'm not going to let you have a choice about having that baby, but once you have it, you're on your own, and you better deal with it, and yeah. you better step up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and take care of that baby, and I don't want to hear anything else about it. It's really mean. It's just, I, I don't that, get that. That take there reminded me of something else that I had thought of earlier that I wanted to, to chime in with because I, I almost forgot it, and that is that um, what if, would it be, uh, do you think it would be helpful? How do you think both parties would the uh, Dems and the GOP would respond to this if, um, if you know, we've got DNA down pretty much at this point so that uh, patrimony is easily provable, right? Well. So what if we start shifting the focus onto the father? in these unwanted pregnancies and holding them legally and financially responsible from the get-go? What if, what if we shift all the focus away from the woman onto the man uh, in any new legislation we, we put out there and really make it uncomfortable for a man to get a woman pregnant that didn't want to get that woman pregnant? I think that's great. Okay, I mean, we have got somewhere. <laughs> yeah, now we've got hang around on that one. But the way it is currently, the only people that are going to be punished are the, either the doctor or the mother. And guess who's making – who's the, the person making the law is the person that's left out of that equation, the exactly. guy. <laughs> How convenient. So maybe that's, maybe that's a smart approach, um, kind of doing an end around on the whole abortion issue and shining a laser beam right in the, between the eyes of these uh, 
these guys going around spreading seeds willy-nilly. <laughs> right. The willy-nilly aspect of it that really burns me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, all you, you hear like, uh, well, one one solution for birth control is to put an aspirin between your knees. <laughs> you know, don't open your legs in the first place. Well, a woman can open her legs all she wants, but if the guy's not there to do his part, none of it happens. We don't have a baby. I mean, there it's a very – the guy is an active part of conceiving that baby, but, boy, he's we're able to get out of it quick. <laughs> not quick enough. <laughs> not quick enough. <laughs> there we go. That was quick. Not quick enough. Yeah, that's I, that may be the best way to go, is to to somehow put something on the man. And if you're going to say that the baby has all these rights from five weeks, then it's at five weeks that we have to somehow figure out who the dad is. Either the mother, you know, either the father confesses and the mother says he's the father. At that point, there should be a legal document signed saying, I will help pay for all the medical bills, all her doctor visits, everything. I will be I there will with her. At the doctor's visit. Yes. Tort mandated. Right. Every step Make of the way. Make them They've got to be That's there just right. like a husband would. I wasn't even thinking of that. That's true. Make them be Make it make them be there every step the woman is on. I mean, if she has to go to a doctor's appointment, so does he. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, he could just, you know, maybe it's a guy of means. Well, that's no big deal for him. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll cut her a check. Make him make him take the time out of his life that she has to take out of hers. Isn't it remarkable that we may have solved the problem by making we could we could maybe make Maury Povich like the abortion czar. Right. You are yeah. the father. Who's you will be at the appointment with her on the third and on the fifteenth and on the. <laughs> I'd even go so far to is to, to put an ankle bracelet on these guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> Make sure we know where you are. You're not getting out of one of these visits. If she has to take an afternoon off from work to go to a doctor visit, you have to take an afternoon off of work. If you have, you have to job. make it <laughs> right. Put down the Cheetos. Or if they don't have a job, if they don't have a job, make them work for the government. Give them a job. Right. Give, give them a job. You're gonna That's you're gonna right. support this child. You're going right. to report here, and you're going to help uh, clean the streets or whatever. Pick up yeah. trash. You're going you're gonna to have a job. So now we're solving unemployment issues as well. Oh, yeah. A brand all new, new deal. <laughs> and it's all around the abortion issue. Yeah. That's a, that should be the new economic plan. Oh, man, we were so close to shutting this down five minutes ago, and now we've just solved the problem. Now we solved it. Wow. Well, you know, it takes us back to, you know, our high school alma mater won the state championship this past week in much the same fashion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, uh, I believe that our little plan we just hatched here would really ap ap appeal to all the Christian ladies that I know that are passionately against abortion. I think they'd get behind that 100%. Sure. Yeah, so... But none of the men in their lives are pushing that plan, that's for sure. Probably not. Probably not. Well, maybe, you know, maybe some of the men will get behind it. Probably not the younger men who are still having kids, but the older men. <laughs> but 
but that, that is that's that's a good idea. That's I a law that I only only really affects those it it needs to affect. If you're a guy that's doing the right stand up thing, it doesn't bother you. If you're a deadbeat, that's, that's who we want to catch. Right. And even if you're using protection, say she was on the pill and forgot to take it one day or whatever, and it was a total accident, the guy's going to be like, look, I was doing everything I could. Why do I have to be burdened with this? Well, she does. So you do too. Exactly. Even if it was a mistake, it doesn't matter because women currently pay for mistakes. So the men should be paying for mistakes too. We could call this legislation the two to tango bill. <laughs> I was waiting for the first idea to come out. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to think about that. Come up with some names. Yep. The two to tango. Okay. That works. All right, I feel better about that now. Yeah, me too. Got anything else? We've gone 37 minutes. Kind of a long one. I think I'm good for now. Okay. Well, thanks for solving the issue with me. I'm glad we can put that behind us and move on. Once more, we solve them and we move on. Yep. That's what we do. See you next time, Andy. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate it. And see everybody else next time on the Empathy Mining Podcast.
done in the name of their God, these American settlers claimed their right to remove godless red savages from their sod so the whites could live in their divine light. Their Bible should have taught them better, but greed got in the way of the truth. If only they'd read the red letters, they'd have seen their sins with this proof. Swallowed up and devoured by greed Of a nation that offers freedom for all to seek But continually falls short of living up to its creed I am the place where they cried 
my markers now acknowledge this trail of tears hundreds of treaties were nothing but lies all slowly forgotten with the passing of the years yeah